Hello, and welcome back to the Liberty Blues. I'm Sean Osborne. I'm John Phillips, attorney from the deep red, deep red state of Indiana. And I'm Steve, also from Indiana. Indeed he is. And we're joined by Matt, Matt Miller. How's it going, Matt? It's going good. I'm here in, uh, I'm actually here and just arrived in Rapid City. I'm here for Freedom Fest. So I'm in my hotel nice. room right now. Yeah, is that, is that your, that's your first Freedom Fest? Yeah, I have not been. You want to tell anybody who doesn't know what, what Freedom Fest is, if it doesn't say it itself? Yeah, well, I guess it's a, it's a gathering of a bunch of uh, anti-government extremists <laughs> here <laughs> in the, uh, the beautiful and free state of South Dakota, uh, one of the states that will have us here. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I would say it's going to be a mix of maybe some like academic oriented talks. There's going to be some comedians, some panel discussions, book signings, some meet and greets, and really just an opportunity, I think, for liberty minded people, even in the health and fitness uh, and business fields to come together and, and network. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to, to meet a lot of new people in the movement. My, my background, actually, I had kind of more of an academic background in the liberty movement. I was a grad student around the time of the Ron Paul movement, and so I kind of geeked out on, a, on Austrian economics and libertarian philosophy, um, but maybe over the last decade or so, I kind of lost touch with that a little bit, but over the last year, it's kind of uh, reawakened my inner libertarian, and I'm excited to be here and to kind of reconnect with, uh, with the movement. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be a libertarian. You know, here in Los Angeles, uh, the Los Angeles County, uh, in the last year, the party's grown forty percent. Wow! So man, you know, man, that's that's really great numbers. So, it's a good time to it's a good time to be part of the movement. Yeah, so uh, obviously, like everybody else, the lockdowns got you fired up, right? It did. It did. The lockdowns and you know the censorship and I guess me, you know medical freedom is another. These are big. These are big issues. I mean, the the ability to peacefully assemble—that's the First Amendment, right? Um, so it really—it seems like in in years past, you know, maybe you could I could have excused myself and say, oh, I don't really need to get involved in politics because it doesn't affect me. I just need to live my own daily life and worry about that. But now some of these these political issues, even at the local level, as as becoming more important. Um, are actually relevant to whether I can even make a living uh, doing what I do. And I'm sure you, you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm a music teacher, so I haven't, uh, I haven't got to work since, uh, since March of last year. So it's been a while. I can't imagine being in one of the blue States where things have really haven't gotten back to normal. Have they gotten back to normal? They almost, they almost got there. They almost got there. Well, you know, when we went to convention up in Visalia, that felt very normal. Okay. You know, I was hanging out with a bunch of libertarians. You know, it was it was great. You know, mm -hmm. just felt felt like uh, 20, 2018, You yeah. know, and wasn't even thinking about it. So that 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 was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, here in Los Angeles, you know, it's you know there that you know I mean shit. There's places that are you know you have to have this, you have to have that. You know, they they're making you do this. I'm just not a fan of force. You know, people want to do it. That's fine. I don't want to go to that place. You know? Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think people who took the vaccine uh, thought that that's what they were signing up for necessarily. We still have to go through all this shit. So. Yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of the tar the carrot that they were dangling in front of their face the whole mm -hmm. time is you can do this and then you can get back to normal. And 
Yeah, you don't have to worry. Uh -huh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, interesting what you said about the, uh, you mentioned the Libertarian Party has grown in Los Angeles County. You know, that's another, I would say, my kind of new interest in getting involved is actually more along the lines less about, you know, academic, getting, getting together with a bunch of libertarian nerds and talking about theory. You know, I recently kind of started joining some of the online groups for the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, and it seems like a lot of people have kind of are getting maybe taking more seriously like actual political action even yeah. at small scale local local levels um and so maybe as a more mature person than i was as a student i kind of have like a new fresh eyes about what it means to be a libertarian and like what i can maybe do um it's not so much about i'm not really like reading libertarian texts anymore um, but I'm maybe more interested in like getting involved in like act like taking action in some ways. Yeah, you know me. I was uh, I was always I, I never I wasn't a very well read libertarian. If I was going to read something, I was going to read a history book. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Until until the last year, you know, I've had a lot of extra time on my hands, so I read a lot of that stuff. I was always just the guy that didn't like to be told what to do. Thinks the government yeah. fucks things up. But now that I've read some of the Austrian economics, I, t I you know I. I love me some Rothbard, you know, anatomy of the state's glorious. Um, so yeah, I try to I try to talk to people about that, but you know, I uh, I try to do it through my music. And I know you you're working on doing it through your art now. Like, do you, do you do like you said you're a freedom fest? You're gonna do some live painting. Like, are you talking about like portraits, or do you, do you do like some surrealism or anything like that? I I definitely don't really do. I'm a realist, not realist actually, but a representational painter. And so what I've been doing for the last maybe five years is live painting at like music venues, sports events, weddings, part beach parties. And I used to, you know, I, when I started out, I would go to these like nineties theme parties and I would do like portraits of like Tupac and Biggie or other kind of like nineties pop culture icons. Mm. And um, eventually what I started doing is actually doing live depictions of what's happening around me. And so I might actually, Hey, the, I'm going to paint the next band during their set, or I've been hired to go to weddings and I actually do a painting of kind of the reception area, the crowd, maybe the bride and groom doing their first dance, that sort of thing. And that's not necessarily Liberty oriented, but you know, what, what I really loved and valued about it was that my artwork was, was a celebration of humans gathering, you know, human beings gathering to play, to socialize, to compete, to move their bodies. And another way of you know, putting that is peaceful assembly. You know, it's yeah. our, our natural right to, for us to get together, uh, to congregate freely and to express ourselves and, and discuss amongst ourselves. And over the last year, I've realized that having lost that, I think, I mean, I think that, I mean, it's, there's been a hole, a hole in my own heart, not being able to, to go to some of the events that I would love seeing live music, uh, going, doing a 5k or, or a triathlon, um, all of these things. And I think, whatever you even think about the health consequences of, of people gathering, I think you are, you are really, really doing something nasty to the human spirit when you take that away. And one last point on that, on that note is 
we have a really bad culture war going on right now where it seems like people on different ends of the political spectrum like hate each other and yeah and their, their weapon of choice is shame yeah but i wonder if if we had been able to gather at music events and sports events and go see the local you know major league baseball team play we would have had all these opportunities where you're gathering with people with all kinds of different views that you might completely disagree with but we're able to get together for something that we both enjoy and have kind of a shared experience and i really just wonder if if because I've, I've had old friends and, and people in my you know, old acquaintances, people I used to go to school with, viciously attack me online over certain things over the last year. And I just know that wouldn't happen in real life. And I don't think we would feel so divided amongst our population if um, there was more opportunity for people to be together face to face and talk things out. Hi, this is Sean Osborne and I would like to share something with you. One of the key principles of libertarianism is volunteerism and charity. So I decided to make an album of songs that each song would represent a different charity and all the royalties would go to those individual charities. My song, It's Time, goes towards the Sea Shepherds. Much Braver Than I benefits the Fallen Firefighter Foundation. Over there benefits the Wounded Warriors Project. And Lend a Hand benefits Children's Hospital. I thought this is a great way for people to give to a charity without spending a dime. The more you listen, the more you give. So please, take time wherever you listen to music and listen to Four Others Volume 1 and share it with others. Thank you. Now back to the show. But yeah, I think that really, mm-hmm. that's really the, the, the inability for us to get together face to face. I mean, that, I think that's really um, a big factor in the, in the divide that we see in our culture among, amongst the population, because really it shouldn't be left versus right. You all, we all know this as libertarians. It's, it's the people versus, you know, political power. And, um, you know, they basically succeeded at, you know, divide the divide and conquer strategy over the last year and a half. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I try to talk to people when they when when people get into groupthink, that's that's really what it's about, because one group's rights are going to trample another's. That's why we got to look out for the individual's liberties. Yeah, because, you know, groups will trample over other groups rights. Individuals that's a little bit more manageable. You can say, hey, that dude's being a fucked up. But you can't tell a whole group they're being a fucked up because then they label you as something. Yeah. You know, it, you're, next thing you know, you're, you're, you're an extremist or you're this or that, you know. Uh, I don't know if John and Steve know this, but uh, last two weeks ago or something like that, the, a lot of us libertarians were getting um, messages on Facebook saying, oh, you, you may have been exposed to extremism and stuff like that. I got it twice in one day the next day I got it four times right in a row I was like shit man somebody somebody doesn't like what I'm seeing here you know mm-hmm. so you know it's one of those yeah. things where they're, they're they're picked out and it was it was a ton of libertarians did you get one I, I, I don't think I did actually maybe yeah. I, don't, I don't know some people are saying well if you didn't get one you're the extremist yeah I yeah, don't yeah. Do a ton. 
I don't, you know, I don't do a ton of political extremist stuff online. Yeah. I'm in some groups. I'm in some groups and <laughs> I do on my personal page. I'll, I, I like to express myself and let people know about what I think about what's going on in small doses. Um, so maybe I'm, they're not picking up on me, I guess, <laughs> you know, but I think it's pretty crazy. I mean, um, yeah, I've got unfriended coming. by a few people this year too. So yeah, I think I have too. <laughs> Yeah, nice. You know, and I, and I have friends across the political spectrum. I can have, I don't understand somebody that can't have a civil conversation with somebody they disagree with without making a. Where do you think those Where do you think those messages are coming from? Who do you think, or where? Where Where Who do you think they're coming from? It was from Facebook. Yeah, Facebook like, put it out there. But yeah. Facebook's working with. Uh, they have something like, oh, man, I forgot the name of it, but like they have a group who are the people who look into like what's supposed to be supposedly fake news or shit, things like that on Facebook. And some of those people are former government employees or work with the government, have ties to the government. So really, if you ask me, it's not a private company doing this. It's, it's fascism, you know, yeah. it, it's veiled, but it is fascism, you know, you know uh, it is censorship. That really is the word to use here. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that the word fascism has been abused mm -hmm. over the last five to probably 10 years or more. Yeah. Um, Mislabels yeah. any, you know, anything right wing that you don't agree with. Whereas really like the technical definition is like state corporate collusion yeah. to kind of combine forces to put forth like some shared agenda. And that's yeah. exactly what's going on between the federal government and and these social media platforms yeah private ownership with the with the controlled by the state that's mm -hmm. that's what that is they're they're just being a little bit more covert about it you know that's yeah. it you know if you think about it like a, a you know a year year and a half ago it was fake news and you were called a racist if you said the virus may have come out of a lab now they're saying oh maybe it came out of a lab so basically what they did is they labeled a bunch of people racist and things like that on Facebook and, and said they were lying, kicked them off and all this other crap. And then turned around a year later and said the exact same, the exact opposite. You're the same thing that they kick people off for, you know, yeah, and I mean, that, I, I mean, I'm sure people lost their livelihood um, mm -hmm. from, from that. It's, it's absurd. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, it's, it's, it, everything's misrepresented. And when science can't, when they say trust the science, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that was what the progressives said in the early 20th century when the progressives were all for eugenics. You know, they said trust the science, you know, the races should be separate. You know, Wilson was a progressive, he, he loved the KKK, you know? So that's, 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 what the, that's what their thing is. Trust the science that they say is okay to listen to. You know, they, they don't allow a real debate between real people. They show the wackiest goddamn person they can find to take to to show saying the opposite of what they want to say, so yeah. And people who say trust the science, I would challenge those people. What exactly do you mean when you use the word science? Are you <laughs> referring to this the ins the the prevailing institutions of science or the government institutions of science, or or maybe a particular few? But science itself is a is a process. And the process itself, like good science, the good, I mean, science is all about proposing hypotheses and theories and subjecting them to as many challenges as possible. 
the more challenges that your theory or hypothesis faces and can, can, and can deal with, the more successful your science is. And so anybody saying this, I mean, especially this virus is less than two years old. The vaccine is like a year old, maybe, or last, much less. So for anyone to even be able to pretend like that there is any consensus on any of this stuff, like this is all very new and to within a year or so of discovering some new virus and some new therapy to all of a sudden just say to block out all challenges, it's, it's absurd. It's, it, I mean, that's mm -hmm. a very unscientific way of, of going about this. Um, yeah. It's that shame and ridicule, you know, that that's, that's the way they, yeah. they work. It's really annoying. Yeah. It's just a, a lot of bully tactics. You, there's things that catch phrases you can say ad hominem attacks that you can just say to shut people down. And, um, you know, a lot of that's, if you just think about what's the, the way that people get information these days, where you, how many headlines do you scroll across? I mean, how many, 20 second sound bites you hear per day and that's maybe you know most people that's the gist of what they're doing to get information these days and it's it's a unfortunate that very few people are looking at the other side or trying to truly understand like what science is and um, or to know history i mean you mentioned history yeah. Um, understanding history, you know the history of kind of racist movements and eugenics and like what does fascism actually mean? Like yeah. what has happened Not the in the past speak. with like the government imposing vaccines and other sorts of medical things on parts of the population. There's a whole history there. And I, I really wonder, especially now that American history is being rewritten and being retaught to, to kids, even as young as kindergartners and elementary students. You know, I actually have a history degree. I have a bachelor's degree in history. I took a lot of American history. I loved it. Um, it's a very imperfect story, but I do think that there's something special about, you know, the American revolution and the kind of system that we created. And I worry that in another generation or two, who's actually going to even know that, that, that story, or at least have that story and at least appreciate the really beautiful parts of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I always think of the, uh, when Rome stopped being a Republic and went to be an empire, you know, a lot of the stuff, cause I, I really like the ancient history and a lot of oh, the yeah, stuff okay. I see going on really reminds me of that between the Gracchi brothers and all that stuff. You know, the, mm -hmm. the I mean, there was a socialist thing then too. You know, I was fighting against socialism, too. Yeah, you know, there's all this talk. There's a lot of talk. And I have not, I'm, I've not read this book, but a lot of people have been talking about this fourth turning idea. Um, and just the idea of, of empires. I mean, America is an empire. We, and we built ourselves up, you know, after World War II, we were like the world superpower. We enjoyed, you know, half a century or more of like extreme comfort and prosperity. And, you know, maybe there's a parallel there in other empires in the past, whether it's the British Empire or the Roman Empire. And we might be at a, at a certain stage of decay or decline. And um, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to make any grand proclamations about that, but that's what it feels like to me. 
Yeah, when people are that divided, that that's one thing I really like about libertarians is we can sit there and talk to both people most of the time. I mean, there's obviously those far gone people on the left and right that just won't, you know, the social justice warriors and the, mm -hmm. the, the real woke motherfuckers that you, you yeah. can't talk to them. Uh, so who like say say like you're over there at Freedom Fest like right now. So what uh, do you have any um, uh, like target people you want to paint in particular like the, that you think would be good to help, uh, you know, promote liberty through your paintings? Well, there there is going to be an event um, on the first night. It's it's at the exhibit hall and it's fee foundation for economic education. Is oh, yeah, I love them their 75th anniversary. And so I thought during that, it's gonna be like an hour and a half uh, little reception. And so I think I'm gonna do a painting of Leonard Reed, who is the founder of Fee. Um, I, I'm probably at some point going to going to do a Ron Paul painting, possibly the, the It's Happening pose. And so that's, that's kind of one that um, I'm looking forward to doing. As far as some of the figures there, what I might end up doing is attend some of the sessions and talks and maybe do some, maybe even do like some sketches or like small paintings of certain people giving, giving their presentations. Um, there are, there definitely are a few rock stars in the movement that I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to meet. I've, I've become a big fan of Doug Casey. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's kind of, no, like, he's like a legendary, like investor type, but he's uh, pretty much a Rothbardian, Randian, anarcho-capitalist. He has a great podcast um, called Doug Casey's Take. Really, really interesting. He's an older guy, really interesting guy. He has a lot of things to say about a lot of stuff. And he's actually having a meetup there. Um, so I'm looking forward to meeting him. Um, I know there's going to be, uh, you know, J.P. Sears. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with him on YouTube. He's just hysterical. Um, lots, lots of people are going to be there. Tom Woods. Um, I remember back when I was in grad school, I presented a paper at like the Mises Institute and we, we brought Tom Woods to floor. I was at Florida state, which had a really great, um, libertarian group there and a couple of really great economics professors, Randy Holcomb and Bruce Benson are kind of like rock stars within like the libertarian economists. And we brought Tom Woods there. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. And um, it's going to be a great event. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, like, I know Angela McArdle's over there. I'm looking forward to Reno next year so we can vote for her to be chair. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I always thought Karen, uh, Karen Harlos would be a good one. You know, she, she's done a lot this year for the party. Is she be at Freedom Fest? I think so. Okay. She's in the neighboring states, so I wouldn't say why not. She'll be easy to spot, I know that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, Dave, you know, Dave, I've been uh, listening to Dave Smith's podcast quite a bit, too. I think he's, he's really good. Um, he's going to be hosting the event, so he'll be doing a lot of emceeing. I uh, hope it'd be great mm -hmm. to get to meet him and shake his hand. Maybe I'll be on the side and maybe capture him on the mic at some point, too. It's something I'd like to do. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, are you, uh, what are you doing with the paintings? Are you, do you have like a booth set up that you're going to sell some paintings or what's going on? You know, with that? I, I didn't, you know, this is actually being at this event was sort of like a last minute thing. I lined up over the last couple of weeks. I didn't get my own booth because actually what I wanted to do is actually just be there kind of like kind of more what I have to showcase is less of my art than my more like 
what I actually do as a, as a live painter. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. from my perspective as an entrepreneur, that's actually my specialty. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to focus on more, especially now that things are opening up in at least parts of the country. Um, and so I will have, I do have a, a collection of libertarian portraits that I have with me. And there will be a few times where I will be able to set them up and have them on display and sell them. They are for sale. Um, but as far as that goes, I don't have like a permanent display or anything like that. I will be uh, spending some time at the booth for the C-Suite Network, which is one of the big sponsors of the event. I know they're actually providing like um, kind of like the live virtual experience. They're kind of behind all of that. And that's actually a, a, a network that I recently joined of, you know, big time CEOs down to, you know, individual entrepreneurs. Um, but they're going to have a table there. And um, since I recently joined their network, I'll probably be spending some time with them as well. And they'll be in the exhibit hall. Uh, that's cool. Did, did we get Steve back? I think he's having some internet issues. Is he? All right. Yeah, see, uh, Steve, Steve is going to be in charge of the art questions because I, oh. I said as a blind guy, I don't, I don't got a lot going on there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> how, so how, um, how do you... Uh, how, like you have a website, right? You want to go ahead and give out your website? Yeah, MatthewMillerArt.com. That's Matthew with two T's, MillerArt.com. And I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's CreativeAnimalMatt with uh, dots in between. So Creative.Animal.Matt. And um, that will be my Instagram. Those are probably the best places to find me and actually to get a good feel of what my artwork is like and what I do. Right on. I think now we've got Steve back, right? I see him. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. what happened there. Yeah, you know, technology is pretty cool till it's not. Yeah, so, exactly. What kind I'm of what kind of ideas do you think? I mean, what, where do you see uh, art in, in being involved in like politics? You know, Steve. You know, I like to I like the idea of um, seeing more murals out there, and you know, businesses being able to step out and say. All right, here's my political stance. Here's, you know, here's what I'd love to see on the side of my building. Things like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's a ton of great murals out here. The ton of shitty ones too, but there's some good ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I spent a, I have not done a mural myself, but that's definitely something that I would be interested in start dabbling in. Yeah. Um, especially as I do more artwork that maybe has more of a something more to say, you know, getting, getting something on a side of a building is powerful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm really into uh, like, uh, like, I guess, I guess as far as paintings go, you know, where I could see a little better. I liked Van Gogh a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like the surrealist stuff. I like, I like a little, a little weirdness though. And you know, I like, I like David Lynch movies. So, you know, okay. I, like, I like some weirdness thrown in there. I, I, would, I like, like all that stuff too. It's definitely different from from what I do, but I think, you know, I'm I've only been painting seriously for about five years, five and a half years, and so there's a whole world of new. I mean, it's a never-ending journey of, you know, finding things that I kind of suck at, and then I get good at them, and then there's some other thing that I want to try that I suck at, and then I get good at, and and so there's a whole lifetime worth of uh, kind of art to explore. Um, and 
you know, who, who's this yeah, yeah. Not be in another five years, really. Yeah, you know, I did the same thing. I mean, I started off as, you know, just playing metal. You know, I went from metal uh-huh. to classical. I got some jazz. Now, you know, I do a lot of folk music, you know, so that's, oh, yeah. you know, I do a lot of protest style folk music or traditional style stuff. So you, you always develop as an artist, you know, mm-hmm. I, li- I do always just like to throw in, uh, you know, my uh, points of view in it. I'm not, I'm not terribly into, uh, you know, music just for the, just for sound sometimes. Uh-huh. So I like, I feel more inspired to do it. And some of some of the bad thing about it, sometimes you you date the song so you, it's not as fun to play later on. So, yeah, I guess maybe you know, that, that's not an issue anymore. I guess the challenge would be like, how do you say something that's relevant to the times, but in a way where it's like a timeless, a timeless way of saying it, where in ten years you can listen to it and it still kind yeah. of hits home to people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting you brought up you know protest music. Have you? You know, one thing I've noticed, and this is what I was, we were talking about a little bit before we recorded, is how disappointed I've been over the last year and a half that no big time musicians or bands that I know of have really spoken out against lockdowns or, or to put it in other words, spoken out in favor of their right to perform and the right of their, their fans to gather together for a shared experience. The two I, mean, I can think of about were, are Van Zandt. Uh, uh, Van Zandt did, and Eric Clapton. I think Van Zandt did a few songs, and Eric Clapton and Van Zandt did a song together. Well, uh, called, that was pretty good. The, well, you know what? I just discovered it was Van Morrison. Oh yeah, Van Morrison. What did I say? Van Morrison. He just he released uh, the album's really good. I listened to the whole album actually on my drive to South Dakota. Uh-huh. And I just discovered that in the last week or so. Yeah. But I think the song that he did with Clapton was like, it's like six months old. I never heard a word about it. Yeah, so yeah, it really, yeah. It really didn't reach my awareness until the last week or so. Yeah. Um, and those, those two guys have been around long enough. They've made enough money. They're getting enough royalties on stuff they've already put out there that they don't have to worry about suffering economically, you know, the backlash. Whereas, you know, if it's a new artist, that's that's coming out they're they're going to be afraid that you know they're going to end up you know getting blacklisted by the industry and the stuff's just not going to get out there yeah so yeah i mean i that is a completely legitimate concern on the other hand another way of looking at it is that you have an opportunity to differentiate yourself from everyone else and be the one guy or the one band or the one girl who who does step out and you know maybe you're alienating 50% of your potential fan base but then the other 50% you might they might love you even more you know and so i guess maybe the the, the big challenge is how are you going to do that without maybe getting canceled or without getting your reach suppressed on social media or for people uh, oh yeah, deplatformed. <laughs> yeah, or to be deplatformed in a way, or just I don't, you know, I don't know how the algorithms really work, but I, I do wonder that if if you were a band and you started speaking out against the lockdowns and other things like that over the last year or so, I've noticed that my reach and my engagement on social media has plummeted over the last year or so. Maybe people, and it's, and it, it coincided with 
me speaking out a little bit more, taking political stances on masks, lockdowns, vaccines, and things like that. And I, I wonder if, if that has hurt me, my reach a little bit. And maybe there are people out there who have been speaking out who didn't have a huge following to begin with. And maybe they shot themselves in the foot because then the algorithm started pushing their stuff down. I don't yeah. know what is the case. Um, but that I guess that's really the it's something that I've struggled with over the last year or so. Um, and I haven't really found a solution to it. I, I mean, I would love to to get for people to actually see more of my art because I don't have a I don't have a huge online maybe like a thousand followers on Facebook, a thousand on Instagram, and it's been hovering there for like the last year or so. Mm -hmm. It would be great if if I could reach more people. I you know it's it's a challenge. You know that's all it is. Yeah, sure as hell is. You know that's I I think as libertarians we got to support each other's stuff. You know I I suggested you know we make like you know playlists with different libertarian things on it. You know music or comedy. Uh, you know. Uh, so people can listen to it, you know, share, share uh, people's art. You know, it's, it's a great way to, I think I just saw an interview with, uh, yeah, I did, Ron Paul and um, uh, Michael Heiss. And the, at the very end of the interview, he, Ron Paul said he felt music was extremely important to liberty and the art in, in particular, mm -hmm. you know, just because, you know, it's such powerful uh, messages that you can put through art. You know, you can evoke such powerful um, images and stuff like that and right now the left really has a stranglehold on that shit you know yeah and, he, and that actually as as an artist over the last year or so I've meant I've mentioned that I have expressed myself politically I've engaged in political speech online um, however what I've been doing is I, I try not to like share memes or I'm going to post an article that someone else wrote or like, you know, someone will screenshot a tweet that someone else did and then just post it to social media as an artist. You know, there have been a few paintings that I've done that I can, that I can post and maybe a, maybe a statement along with it, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I, I hope, or I think that that could hit home a little more, or at least it, get, it gives me a little more, I feel like I'm coming from like a stronger place that I'm not just like forwarding something that someone else said. It's like, Hey, I'm doing, I'm creating something that didn't exist before. And it has a statement along with it. And here it is. Um, yeah. It feels, it feels better to do that than, Oh, I just saw this YouTube video of somebody, you know, trashing Fauci or, you know, trashing <laughs> Biden and Hey, check out what, you know, I mean, maybe I've done that a couple of times, but that doesn't feel as good as, hey, I did this painting of one of my libertarian right. heroes, and I, and I maybe write a statement about what it means to me. Or I've done a few paintings that have kind of some imagery that expresses an idea. And again, that feels better to be able to put that out into the world as opposed to just like an angry tweet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, art art is a great uh, thing. There's, I, well, I have a, a page for uh, music and liberty with a uh, or a music and art for liberty, and there's another group too. There's a couple of them, you know, uh, and that's a great place to post your stuff. Get get a lot more mm -hmm. people checking out your art. Yeah, I have, and I've, I've you know over the last few months is um, 
you know, I found, I discovered like the Mises Caucus and got involved in some of those groups. Um, yeah. A few other offshoots of like entrepreneurs and artists who are also libertarians. And so maybe, maybe getting more involved and more active and posting in those is, uh, could be a really good way to connect with more liberty minded people. Yeah. And you'll meet, you'll meet people over there at, at, uh, at the fest and, you know, get people to follow you there too. You know, I know a lot of people I've just played at in Visalia and I just played at the Los Angeles one. So a lot more people knew who I was by the second convention already. So I was like, Oh man, that's pretty cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So that, that's it. You know, that's our, that's our job is to get that, uh, get that art out there. And I, you know, portraits and stuff like that, that's really important too, because there's nobody else making portraits of these libertarians, you know, to, to go into the history of that whole, art form that style of portraits and uh, the live action stuff's really cool too that's that's a great idea yeah i mean on that i mean that's as a, as a, an artist it it's it's obviously challenging to make a living as an artist and it's still something yeah. that i i mean i i've had other jobs for the most part along the way i've lately i've been like painting walls and putting in floors to make extra cash so by no means have i made it or anything However, some of the best successes that I have found is because I am willing and able to kind of put myself out there, show up at a, at a music show, uh, show up at a, at a triathlon. A lot of times I'm not invited, I'm not hired to be there, <laughs> or, or I ask, I might, I might pay for a ticket to go to a show and then email the, the owner of the venue and say, hey, can I do a painting at this show? But the challenge is I'm putting myself in a very challenging situation. There's a crowd. There's a time limit. Sometimes there's poor lighting, so I have to wear a headlamp while I'm painting. And, oh, shit. But the thing is, people, love, people really love it. People really, really enjoy what I do. And I wouldn't even say that I'm the most talented artist. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people could do even a better job. But maybe what I'm good at or what I've found is my expertise is that I, I put myself in those situations and actually it enhances my focus. It actually like makes me like more on my A game. It does bring out the best in me, I think. I, I enjoy it. And I think people can kind of feel that. They can kind of detect that I'm a really positive energy person in those scenarios. And, I, and that does lead to sales. I think people, people who, who buy art, a lot of art collectors, they're not just collecting the piece, but they're, they're supporting the artists. And they like to have, they like to know the artist and um, being out there and having these like face-to-face -face interactions. And they see me, they watch the painting come to life from a blank canvas mm -hmm. to a finished piece. And they even talk to me while I was doing it is something is a, I guess it, it's an edge that I, I'm actually surprised that very that not as many people actually go out and do this sort of thing. I mean, I would encourage painters or people who draw or do some other sort of visual art to, you know, I don't know, think about where you could, where would your art be a good fit, where you could actually go and create it in front of their faces, where they want to buy it. You know, like yeah. one example is um, I went to like one success one success story was there was like a James Brown cover band plan. Okay, there's going to be a room full of James Brown fans. I'm going to go there and do a painting of James Brown. I sold the thing before I even finished it. You know, so oh man, nice. Um, and this is like you know, I guess maybe this brings us back to like liberty and Austrian economics and like 
entrepreneurship is like as an artist there's there's you don't apply for a job as an artist um, no one's looking for live very few people are looking for live painters and so it's up to me to think creatively and try to find these opportunities like where is there a need or where could i add value to okay it's great that you there's a, a band playing up there but how cool would it be if there's a guy on the side doing a painting of them while they play i mean that's a value that i'm trying to add to these sorts mm -hmm. of events and um you know just get, gets the creative entrepreneurial muscles going yeah that's that's sweet i, I like that so you got you, you got any other trips planned for the future Uh, no, not, I mean, not really. Uh, one of the others kind of niches that I've, um, found has been really maybe uh, a good business perspective is, uh, Ironman triathlons. So I actually used to do triathlons and I did a few Ironmans maybe in my, in my twenties. And so what I've done over the last few years, I'll go to these triathlons it's an, it's like an ultra event. So it takes all day. I mean, they're, they start to swim at 7am and some, some of these people don't finish until midnight. And so I'll go there and I'll do paintings on the race course. So I'll do a swim painting, a bike painting and a run painting. And I, then I try to sell them to the athletes, uh, which I, I, it's hit or miss, but I've done pretty well with that, uh, with that demographic. And so there are a few races coming up in the fall I won't be going to the one in uh, Lake Placid, New York, because you have to be vaccinated to be there. So I will not be attending that one. Uh, but there's one in Wisconsin and Florida that I know I'm going to for sure on this fall. And so those are some, some big trips that I have planned. So if, uh, do you do uh, requests, like if somebody's dying for a Ron Paul portrait or like say one of Angela McArdle or something like that, you, do you do those? I, yeah, I do. I do right you know right now here's the over the last year i've had to take on a lot of commission work to get by a lot of stuff that i'm i maybe don't like doing as much a lot of dog portraits which are fine um but right now i am i'm trying to minimize the commissions however if it comes to like a liberty oriented you know por portraits are a strong one of my strong suits and you know, doing a liberty-oriented portrait is something that I know that I would get jazzed about, and so I'm, I'm definitely open to uh, commission. So if there's any listeners who have, you know, a favorite libertarian hero, um, I would love to hear from them if they'd like to commission something. Or they can check out, if you go to my website and click to shop, I do have a whole collection of um, liberty portraits um, that I've been doing over the last maybe couple months actually it's all relatively new but i got about maybe 10 or 15 on there um as well as prints i'll be adding mm -hmm. so you can do the you, you sell the prints or the original uh copies yeah i don't currently have prints that that takes a little bit of like extra photography and other kind of work for me to perfect before i actually get them up there on sale um, but I might be adding those very soon. And so that, that's something that I, I like to offer is not everybody's that has a budget for an original painting, but you know, if you got 25, 35 bucks for a print, um, you know, that's something a lot of people can swing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing. I, I, all my music is pretty much on, uh, on streaming services. I'd love to put out a vinyl, but uh, man, shit, that 
that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that as a musician, how to monetize that is probably even more of a challenge than yeah. a visual artist because now that streaming is a thing and nobody's buying CDs anymore, yeah. you know, how do you actually package something and sell it? Um, you yeah, know, you get about one cent for uh, seven plays too, so wow. it's, you don't get paid much. So, uh -huh. you know, it's 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 tough. Yeah, and, you know, something like Pandora, they wouldn't even put me on Pandora. I guess I'm too radical for Pandora. So yeah. I'm every place else. So yeah, I guess, well, I guess like maybe this. the trick would be like in if you have in for your like in-person performances, if you have yeah. like merchandise or yeah. You know, and again, it's probably the same thing where if people like you and they like your message, even if maybe you, they don't even like your music as much, they might, hey, I want to support this guy. I'm going to buy a shirt yeah. or, or a poster or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that, that's that's where musicians, you know, even before Spotify and stuff, they they made the majority of their money from from merchandise. So, and yeah. in, in that sense, everything's pretty much the same. You so. know, and and if you think about most of the musicians who are who are really truly big time, these are the ones who maybe made made themselves known as a musician, but then they started venturing out into business and investing mm -hmm. and things like that. And the same thing is with artists, like most of the art, the kind of like how to get rich as an artist or how to sell art books that I read. It's, it's really more about being an entrepreneur, being looking at it as a business. How, how can you package your artwork into something that you can like replicate and sell um, at a, at a much, at like a mass level? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, you got anything else you want to hit up before we uh, call quits? Me? Yeah. I'm. You know what? I th I think I this has been a great conversation. I really haven't um, had a chance to discuss these sorts of things. I haven't really been on many podcasts recently, and so it's been a great discussion. Um, again, yeah. if anybody's interested, check me out at matthewmillerart.com. That's Matthew with two T's creative.animal.mat on Instagram and um, send me a message. I'd love to hear from people again. Like I'm starting to kind of shift more in a Liberty direction. I'd love to have more followers and more people in my network um, who are part of the movement. Yeah. Th thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You know, I want to, you know, as, as a musician, that's one of the things I really want to do is I want to talk to more musicians and artists and, stuff like that because it, it's a big part of the you know it's part of culture you know if yeah. you don't have culture you're not going to have any movement yeah that's right well i appreciate you having me and uh maybe maybe i'll get a chance to come see you play and maybe i'll do a do a nice little picture of you while you're uh doing your thing sometime. yeah that'd be cool yeah cool. yeah if you if you're ever in la man we'll get a beer and go talk about liberty too yeah you, i hope, I hope la someday becomes friendly to my to uh my presence you know, to let we're, me well, we're, yeah, we're fighting the fight here. So yeah, well, I hope so. I have, it's good to hear that the movement's <laughs> growing there. And I don't know, maybe who knows, maybe the dynamics of that state will be changing in the next, you few know, years. Um, we have a really good libertarian running and the front runner Republican is Larry Elder. Uh -huh. And you know, he's, from what I understand, he's pretty libertarian ish. So either he, I, he, I would I think he's, he's, I think he's, I think he's pretty, he'll be, he would be, he would be pretty good. Yeah. What I so I'm I'm really hoping for Hewitt, uh, but I wouldn't be upset about Elder. Um, yeah. So just as long as we get rid of nuisance. So where where are you at? 
I live in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, which is outside of Saint, just outside of St. Louis County. Right. Um, although I, you know, my most of my adult life I've been kind of a nomad, so I've been in Missouri for like the last year actually. Um, uh, before that, I was in Florida. Um, who knows where I'll be next? I, I don't know. Yeah, like it's really nice out here in South Dakota. Who knows? Maybe it's so open and yeah, and beautiful there. It's really nice here. So who knows? Maybe I'll end up here for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to hit up before we uh, signed out? No, and nice to uh, meet you, Matt. Yeah, thank you guys too. Yeah, so hit yeah, me up next, yeah, hit me up next time. You're you're gonna be at a festival or something. We can promote it maybe ahead of time, uh, so people can know to uh, be there ahead of time and know to look for you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to look forward to being in touch. All right, thank you very much, sir. All right. 